Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Want you guys listening out there to call in and give out your game MVP. And how are you feeling about your franchise now that you're back to 500? Three and three now, three and three after the first six games of the NFL season. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910 here on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. 833-804-0910. Call in, give us your game MVP and how you're feeling about the Commanders after the road victory. 833-804-0910. Look, it didn't need to be a pretty win, all right? All it had to do was snap a three-game losing streak. That was the most important thing. And I've said this all year long. You have to win the games that your team should win, right? Had to beat the uh, had to beat the command uh, Cardinals. Had to beat the Broncos. Had to beat the Bears. I thought you could have beaten the uh, could have beaten the Bears. You lose that game, but you beat the Falcons. Get back to three and three. And Ron Rivera described his team victory after the game as an ugly road win. But look. Then the three-game losing streak. You got a big play from Jameson Crowder. I thought Sam Howell did a lot of good things. And then your defense finally wins the turnover battle with three interceptions. 833-804-0910. Give me your thoughts. 833-804-0910. Let's go back to the listener lines. It looks like we've got Frank in Mechanicsville. You're on the fan with AWOD. What's up, Frank? AWOD, happy Victory Monday. Absolutely. We're celebrating. I might have to get a beer. I'm out here at Capitol Hill in Innsbruck. There you go. Yeah, you might as well get a couple. Um, <laughs> yeah, initial thoughts. Overall, obviously happy with the win. Um, you know, we still have some glaring issues on the defensive side that are concerning to me. You know, you still let one of your competing um, wide receivers go for 125 yards. Man, look like a superstar yeah. in Drake London. Um, you know, I'm glad we finally won the turnover battle. But that, that problem still persists where you're letting these receivers get wide open. You have these gaping holes on the defense. Um, offensively, I was happy with Sam Howell's uh, production. Uh, very efficient, smart plays. But the same problem week after week after week, five sacks. It was funny. I was listening to them talk, and they were like, yeah, the, the uh, Falcons only had five interceptions the entire year. In the back of my mind, I'm like, that doesn't matter when you're playing the Commanders. It's a guaranteed three to five sack game for anybody. So, you know, and Sam's on pace to be the most stacked uh, quarterback in all of NFL history. Um, but the offense was – that first half was immaculate, and then it was completely opposite in the second half. You've got to be able to finish these games. Um, it, it seems like EB just kind of lost his swag there in the second half and, and wasn't finding the right play calls. And then, you know, thankfully we were able to get those defensive stops. But in classic commander's fashion, man, brought her all the way down to the wire, and you had yeah. to wait for, you know, a, a pick – in the fourth quarter to seal, seal the deal. And I was out there, I was looking at my wife, and I was like, oh, we're about to lose this freaking game, man. But <laughs> glad we got the W on the next week. I think the Giants are going to be a, a challenging pass for us just on that uh, just on that uh, offensive line problem. But we'll see. Yeah, Frank, Frank, look, it's typical commander's skins game. Uh, of course, you're going to be biting your, your fingernails at the end of the game. Uh, but, of course, we got the win. It was an ugly road win. But, 
Look, last week after the embarrassing loss on Thursday night, I was ready to cancel the season. How are you feeling after the win against the Falcons now? Uh, I'm slightly more optimistic. Um, yeah. You know, to me, it still, it still looks like a 500 team. Um, you're going to be able to sneak some games out here and there. I think more so than anything, it just gives you some optimism towards the, the future of this season, but definitely next season. You know, Ron Rivera, in my opinion, is still gone. Jack DeRay is still gone. <laughs> um, I think if we get a good young coach in here and we sure up that offensive line, that, that overall first pick should all, definitely be an offensive tackle. We get some free agents in here and we show them the future. I think this team in the future has uh, a potential to you know, be a legit playoff team year after year after year. Yeah, just got to build something, and hopefully we found our quarterback. Frank, thanks for chiming in. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. I think Ron Rivera's got to win nine games to save his job, and uh, he got to get into the postseason. Speaking of Ron, here's what he had to say after the game about his quarterback, Sam Howell, saying, quote, I thought there were some really good things that Sam did early on. I thought there were some things that, again, he's got to continue to work on getting the ball out on time. He can't set himself up to take those kind of sacks sometimes, and those are probably the only real big negative I could see. Totally agree with that from Ron Rivera. And, uh, you know, we had a caller earlier that agrees. It just kind of seems like he's going to get himself hurt if he keeps taking this many hits, but also... He's not, a, he's not a skinny guy, you know. I think he can take some of these hits. He, he feels like a guy that, look, he worked out a lot in college. And, in fact, his junior year, they almost let him run for 1,000 yards. So they don't treat him like a college – they didn't treat him like a college quarterback. They treated him like a dual-threat college quarterback. And so I think that's going to help him take some of these hits in the NFL and hopefully it doesn't knock him out of a game. Rivera would go on to say he did speed his clock up a little bit later in the fourth quarter, if you ask me. Again, I got to look at the tape before I can really be definitive on that, but it did look like he sped up his clock a little bit and threw the ball sometimes before he needed it to. And look, anyone that was watching the game knew that the offense was an A in the first half and was barely uh, an F, if not a D, in the second half. And it, it comes down to attention to detail and also play calling. I, I thought they could have ran the ball more. Uh, Biennemi trusts his quarterback, obviously, the second-to-last drive of the game, he started first down with a play-action deep shot. And if you hit that, we're not talking much about, oh, we just barely escaped. We're talking about maybe a 31-16 win. Um, but that wasn't the case, right? Um, they didn't convert on that play-action pass and then ran the ball for no yards, then threw the ball in third down, didn't get enough yards, and so had to punt the ball back to Atlanta again. Rivera told reporters, we did our job. Oh, it's like he's calling out his own shine, his own uh Sign there, Stubb. We did our job. Did the commanders do their job? Rivera said they did their job. He said, quote, but we got to pay even more attention to the details because we almost got ourselves into some trouble. I love the quote from Jamin Davis after the game. Uh, he said of that final play on third down, he said the Falcons tried to isolate him. He noticed that in coverage against B. John Robinson. And the situation that they were in, being third and medium, gave him a hint the ball might be coming his way. I love that from Jamin Davis. Here's the exact quote. He said, quote, Speaking of Bijan Robinson, he's a dangerous guy. He's real shifty. Just trying to anticipate what I knew was coming. A lot of it boils down to preparation. Just knowing different types of things you see on film as well. 
and his interception was Washington's third of the game, and it was really uh, the reason that they won that game. Uh, you had to get the defense off the field with the turnover. It felt like the defense wasn't going to get off the field with a fourth down stop, uh, but yep, that was, a, that was the difference right there. So let me throw this out there to the callers right now. 833-804-0910. We made a big deal about it last week. Ron Rivera puts up the sign, do your job. And I believed he was about to lose the locker room if they lost that game, right? Because it, think about this. If you go into work on Monday and you're at your cubicle and you get up to go get a cup of coffee and you notice a door, uh, uh, a sign outside the door that says, do your job, you're going to be like, what? who's micromanaging me? L- leave me alone and let me do my thing here. And I thought that's what the commanders uh, were thinking also, right? Stop ma- micromanaging managing us, Ron. It's Jack Del Rios that's not doing his job. So did the Commanders do their job on Sunday? 833-804-0910. I'd say yes, offensively, spe- uh, defensively, and special teams. They all did their job just well enough to win the game. It's the first game all, all season I've seen where you could say, yep, yeah, all three units made game-changing plays. Special teams started it with the Jamison Crowder punt return. Offense got it going there uh, with Sam Howe finding Antonio Gibson, then finding Curtis Samuel, and then defense, three turnovers in the second half to seal the deal. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ales here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. It's Monday. Take an extended lunch break. You deserve it. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Has to slide to his right as the pocket collapses. Throws back underneath the Robinson. Great dump off. 20, 15, 10, 5. Head is deep. Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! Brian Robinson bulldozes into the end zone! Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. That was the call of Sam Howell's third touchdown of the game, the pass to Brian Robinson Jr. Sam Howell with his first three-touchdown game of the season. Love that. Special teams makes a game-changing play with Jameson Crowner, and the defense grabs three interceptions. Yes, it was an ugly win, but hey, we'll take it, and it's something to build off of and route to facing the Giants and the Eagles, two divisional battles over the next two weeks. Let's get to AWOD's 10 takeaways here from the Commander's victory. Stub, can I get that Commander's theme song here to get me fired up? All right, takeaway number one. Number one, this was a full team win. The first time uh, this season, and it doesn't happen often in the Rivera era, honestly, where you could say, hey, the offense did their part. The defense made plays. Special teams uh, showed up as well. A full team win. And after you get embarrassed on Thursday night at home by the Bears, the lousy Chicago Bears, yes, they looked lousy again this weekend, then you got to say to yourself, look, that's a great way to bounce back, right? It's not just, oh, the offense played well. Offense, defense, and special teams did enough. And that's how you give some your team some momentum uh, heading into next week. Takeaway number two, Sam Howe is miles ahead of, of Desmond Ritter right now. And that's got to make you feel good, right? I mean, both of them are in their second season, uh, just like how Ritter didn't play all that much last season. Most of the season, the Falcons went with Marcus Mariota. And look, I told you guys last week, you cannot regress and lose to the Falcons after you beat them last year. You beat the Eagles on the road last year. 
lose to them in overtime. I can respect that. You beat the Bears last year. You lose to them blowout fashion this year. You had to get the win against Atlanta, and Sam Howe did look miles ahead of Desmond Ritter with his decision-making, um, with his calmness in the pocket, and he didn't have any turnovers, whereas Ritter threw the ball away three different times. Takeaway number three. Defense always seems to struggle versus the first 15 scripted plays, and Jonathan Allen talked about that on his interview this morning with the Junkies. He joins the Junks every Monday at 9 a.m. The defense struggles when the opposing team has their 15 scripted plays, and there were guys wide open as Atlanta went right down the field uh, and scored, and that's got to change. Number four, I thought it was a good play-calling game from Biennemi, All right, A lot of people were upset with the play-calling in the second half, including the fourth quarter, but I go back to that Brian Robinson Jr. touchdown run or touchdown pass that was an awesome play design from the enemy came at a great point in the uh, game where you felt like Atlanta was getting ready to blitz they blitzed and their lineman got burnt you get the ball into Robinson's hand in space and he shows you why he was a product of Alabama he looked like an Alabama back running people over it was awesome takeaway number five Antonio Gibson played too played good right we need him to be more consistent I think if you want to be a playoff team in the NFL you need two good running backs, right? Look at the Miami Dolphins with when they're healthy. It's Devon Achan and Raheem Mostert, right? So it's tough to have one guy play the whole game. Gibson playing well was good. That's a big takeaway I had from that game. Takeaway number six, congrats to Kendall Fuller. I, I thought he had lost a step. Well, he's looked really good in the last few weeks here. Um, he's already had two interceptions on the season. Benjamin St. Juice gets his first career interception. And Jamin Davis grabbing that big pick there on third down. My sixth takeaway is congrats to those three guys for getting game-changing interceptions. Number seven, all right, the offense is too used to playing from behind, and I think that's the reason they struggled there in the fourth quarter, rather than the fact that Eric Bieniemy is not a good play caller. No. Um, you know, I think I had a caller say, he looked like he kind of dropped the ball there in the fourth quarter. I think he got a little too creative. Um, he should have just gone with the basic game plan of, hey, you're up by double digits in the fourth quarter. Let's run, 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 and let's just keep running the ball. Uh, the, the issue seemed to be some of the play action passes and the sacks that Sam Howell took that in the second half. Takeaway number eight, James Crowder, my game MVP. I'm just so happy for him uh, because think about it. He was out of the league. Right, He was here in Washington, had a really successful couple seasons. I'll never forget the game he had against Green Bay at home where I think he had two or three touchdowns, had a couple really big grabs in that game as the Commanders beat Aaron Rodgers. Then he moves on, um, and I think he played for the Jets, and then I believe Buffalo after that, then was out of the league. Well, Washington said, yeah, well, Dax Milne's not very good, and Dax Milne's dealing with this injury. Can you come in here for a tryout? He looked good. They gave him the opportunity to be a special teamer. And you know what? I think a lot of NFL veterans would have said, no, put me up at wide receiver. I'm better than this guy. I'm better than that guy. Jamison said, no, I'm happy to be used in special teams. I'm happy to be your punt returner once again. And he made that game-changing play. Uh, my favorite thing about that punt return is that he didn't dance at all. He caught it, moved two steps to the right, and then boom, found a gap and shot the gap right up the middle. So that was awesome. Uh, for him, takeaway number nine, we hit all three keys to victory, and that's what it takes to win in the NFL. 
uh, you got to do what your game plan was. And the game plan was to target Terry McLaurin. They got that done. Game plan was to force turnovers and to hold Bijan Robinson and at Tyler Algier to under 110 yards. And really, you look at Bijan Robinson, 13 carries for just 37 yards. The guy that was drafted in the first round and is coming off of a couple games where he had explosive play after explosive play, and Washington just really held him in check. Uh, you got to give them a lot of credit. I think the defensive line really stepped up. Jack Del Rio, old Hack Del Rio, Jack L. Rio, because he doesn't coach any defense, finally made some adjustments, got an extra big man in there on the defensive line with John Ridgeway. He played well, same with Casey Tuhill and Bijan Robinson, just 2.8 yards per carry. But the most impressive thing, his longest run of the game was just nine yards. I mean, he had broken free for runs of 15, 20, 11, 12, all the time this season. But Washington holds him to 2.8 yards per carry and only one long for nine. He did have five catches for 43 yards, but when they needed him most there at the final drive of the game, it was Jamin Davis who had the game-winning interception. So we were talking about Jamison Crowder. Stubb, can I hear quarterback one Sam Howell talking about Jamison Crowder and the impact that he made in the game on Sunday? Yeah, Jamison, I, I told him after the game, that was one of the things that really helped us to win this football game. Um, you know, I think our defense did a good job putting us in good situations with the turnovers, and then obviously that punt return gave us a short field, and we were able to get seven points off of that. Um, so, yeah, that was huge. Um, and whenever you can kind of get sparks from whether it's the defense or special teams, it definitely helps the offense, you know, against a good defense. And Atlanta, you know, they did a lot of good jobs, a lot of, a lot of things really well in defense, and kind of made some things tough in the passing game. Uh, but, you know, I'm just glad our defense played well, and we were able to, you know, take advantage of some opportunities that we had on some short fields. But you know, I think the main thing is we know we have a lot of stuff we can clean up. You know, we know we can play – better and that's a good football team you know Atlanta's a good football team and so it's it's exciting when you know you can win but you also didn't play your best game that's a great point there from Sam Howell it, it seems so easy right oh complimentary football right so Washington uh, goes down the field gets a field goal Atlanta that's scripted first 11 plays 75 yards and a touchdown right but then Washington is forced to punt and they punt it deep, and Atlanta just goes three plays, three and out. So your offense is struggling, your defense gets a three and out. Your special teams makes a game-changing play, and then the offense gets a touchdown. When your defense, offense, and special teams are all coming together like that, it's impressive to see, and that was a big part of the win. Uh, we mentioned Kendall Fuller. Here's Kendall Fuller after the game talking about the defensive line stepping up, including the reserves, Ridgeway and Casey Tuhill. Yeah, I mean that's what every good defense has to have. Have that. You know, no, you clip have three stuff. Kendall be... Fuller, not not Sam Howell. Let me hear clip three. Kendall Fuller, uh, defensive back for the Commanders. Kendall's talking about uh, the defensive line and the reserves making an impact for the Commanders. And Kendall had a good game himself with that interception. And I've been hard on him. Uh, all year, I feel like he has lost a step, but like I said earlier, I think he's uh, gained a step with his NFL IQ now that he's a veteran. He's able to read the quarterback's eyes, and that's exactly what he did as he jumped the pass to get that key interception for the Commanders. I was worried. Started the second half there. Hey, is Atlanta going to go right down the field and tie the game? Nope, Kendall Fuller gets the pick, and that changed the momentum for sure. Phone lines are open, 833 833-804-0910. I'm broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show as we recap the college football action from Saturday, NFL Sunday slate, and get you set up for Monday night football 
with the Chargers against the Dallas Cowboys. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders, the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. Broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. And here's why you should join me, because happy hour just got happier. From 3 p.m. to 6.30, you get $2 off draft beers, $3 off wine by the glass, $3 off liquor drinks, and $3 off uh, certain appetizers, including Bavarian pretzels, Belgian-style fries, loaded fries, and my favorite thing, five-piece wings, $3 off Monday through Friday from 3 to 6.30. Shout out to the listeners stopping by here at Capital Ale House. Uh, one of my f- favorite listeners coming by today, we got D. Woods. If you're a Junkies fan, you know he's made an appearance on the Junks all the time. He's actually featured in JP's book. That's how you know he's a big-time celebrity. And speaking of 106.7 The Fan and the Junkies, joining me right now, on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from Grant and Danny. It's Grant Polson. What's going on, GP? Adam, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing good, man. We're having a party here at Capital Ale celebrating this win. Uh, would you agree with Ron Rivera's quote after the game? It was an ugly road win. <laughs> oh, it was definitely ugly. But yeah. this team is not in a place where it needs to be pretty. Wins are wins, man. They all look like line drives in the box score, right? So <laughs> if you were the Bills last night, you could be disappointed that you allowed the the Giants to hang around and you barely beat them. If you're a team like Detroit or, or Kansas City or one of these clubs that's you know five and one on the season, you can get cute and say, oh, we should have put that team away or we should have really pulled away late. For this team, winning is, is good enough. So you'll take it, you'll move on, you won't ask any questions. Absolutely, and um, so look, second half starts, and I'm worried the Falcons are going to go right down the field and tie this game. We get the Kendall Fuller interception. Two plays later, uh, Brian Robinson Jr. gets the touchdown on the screen pass there. Uh, That was awesome, right? So a lot of people have called into my show already today saying, well, what the hell happened with the offense? They disappeared late in the third quarter and the entire fourth. What do you think? They were completely out of rhythm. They ran on the final four drives, which were all punts. They ran, I think it was 15 plays for 29 yards, and it was really gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, they couldn't run the ball, and Atlanta has a very good defense, and they were stout, and they knew that the enemy likes to run the ball heavily in the second half, and specifically with the lead. So I think they loaded the box, and they were able to stop the run and get Washington in some unoptimal down and distances when it was third and pretty obvious passing. And when you're able to do that, you can pin your ears back and, and get after Sam Howell, who again got sacked five times yesterday on pace for 20 more sacks than any quarterback in the history of the league in any one season. So I think what you saw was uh, the sacks put them in some bad down and distances, the inability to run, set up some second and third and manageables. They got behind the sticks. And then Howell, who was tremendous in the first half, and I thought good for the game overall, it wasn't quite as crisp on a couple of throws late in the game. And they just, they were out of sync. And when you're going on these two, three, four play, you know, drives essentially, and you're just not out on the field at all, and the, the time of possession is heavily tilted against you, it's hard to get it going, man. You know, offense is about feel and rhythm and really being in the flow. And then they never got it going in the second half at all. Absolutely. And look, it, it's, it's a victory Monday. We're all happy. We're celebrating. You're back to 500 now. 
but it's interesting because I'm the captain of the Coach Eric Bieniemy fan base. Like, I, I love this guy. I love the way he speaks. He's so much better than Ron Rivera. He's inspiring. I love a lot of his play designs. But I'll be honest with you, Grant. I feel like his run play design is just basic. It's like he's just running it to set up the next throw. It has not impressed me. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, I, I think there's something to be said for he's a pass-happy coordinator. He's a guy that wants to throw the football. I don't know if I would call it basic. I mean, they do some jet action stuff with Curtis Samuel. They've got some powers, some inside, outside zone. I just think, you know, it, it, running the football is more of like a lifestyle, right? The teams that want to do it, do it really well. The enemy, as you said, is kind of doing it to get back to throwing the football. Yeah. And I, I think you can kind of see it. Also, they don't really have great running backs. I mean, I, I like the guys they have fine. Brian Robinson's a battering ram. Chris Rodriguez, who's a rookie, I thought ran the ball really hard yesterday. He's a sledgehammer. Antonio Gibson was a wide receiver in college who still kind of looks like it at times. But it's not like they've got speed and, and, you know, wiggle and, you know, can get out on the edge and make people miss necessarily. So if they major in that, they're not going to be very good. You know, their best players are on the outside in the passing game. Grant Paulson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can check out Grant and Danny after me from 3 to 6 p.m. And, Grant, defensively, you cannot keep giving up 400 yards totally uh, to the opposing team's offense. And, look, you you won that game because you got the three turnovers, but what did you notice about why so many guys seem to be running wide open throughout the game? Well, a couple of things, right? Number one, I I think that defensively they've got an issue on the back end from both a health and just a personnel standpoint right now. I mean, at safety, where I've, I've loved them coming into the year, Cam Curl played his butt off yesterday. He was awesome at four pass breakups. They moved him all over the place at 11 tackles. But he is someone they want to move around and have in the box and have be explosive against the run and physical and violent. On the you know deep secondary at the safety position, Percy Butler is a second-year player who I think has struggled. Derek Forrest, who got hurt and is now out for a month, it wasn't playing at the same level he was when he really broke out last year. They had a debuting second-round pick in Quan Martin. They've been trying to hide, play seven snaps yesterday. So even though I thought on the outside Kendall Fuller was tremendous, may have had his best game of the season, you know, they, they still have some problems just from a sheer personnel standpoint. Their first-round pick, Emmanuel Forbes, was benched, didn't play at all, so they're playing an undrafted free agent who is kind of a roster long shot over the last couple of years at the start of camp. Danny Johnson as a starter yesterday. So I think that's part of the problem. The other thing is, you know, they're counting on their big boys getting home and creating havoc, and that's Sweat and and Payne and Allen and Young. And collectively yesterday, you know, none of those guys had a sack. And if you look at it, only Chase Young had more than a couple of pressures. So I just think that they still need more plays made that really impact the game from those guys if they're going to have strong defensive performances or dominant defensive performances. But make no mistake about it, That side of the football won them the game yesterday and made the plays when it was necessary. Held the Falcons to 16 points, gave the offense some short fields. They did their part. Yeah. The secondary continues to struggle, though. I mean, you're right. It's an issue in the back end, giving up 125 yards to Drake Drake London. Uh, Not happy about that. But you mentioned Emmanuel Forbes. Grant, I hate the fact that Washington gave Emmanuel Forbes zero snaps. I think that's total mismanagement, if you ask me. I get not starting him. I understand benching him. You couldn't use him for one play 
all game long when you're giving up 400 yards? That's going to destroy his confidence. Yeah, I was really surprised that they went that route, to be honest. I don't hate your take. Uh, I will say that based on all the comments after the game from Rivera and the rest of the staff, it seems like the plan was, barring an injury, to just let him be a spectator for a day. He almost would have probably deactivated him. And I wonder if they might have done that if Christian Holmes was healthy enough to have posted. He wasn't. He was one of their depth corners. He was also a second-year player where they drafted in the seventh round. Uh, but you know, in the case of the rookie, Emmanuel Forbes, I think they just wanted him to not have to worry about anything yesterday but watching, trying to take things in. They call it a reset. And I think they just wanted to give him a chance to get away from it, clear his head a little bit, watch the game, see what teams are doing, and get that other perspective on, okay, what would you like that Danny Johnson did there? What didn't you like? And do it in a weekend where you're not being torched and you're not being beat. And my guess is he plays a bunch against the Giants next week. If he doesn't, I'll be surprised. And then I'll probably agree with your take that I don't like how they're doing it. Grant Paulson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Uh, Grant, you know the Junks do their howl eval every Monday after the game. How would you evaluate the quarterback? I mean, not the greatest statistics. Does have three touchdown passes, though. No turnovers. That's that's my biggest highlight. Love that. You're not going to get a clean sheet every week from your QB. You blew an opportunity when he had no turnovers against Philly. So good to see them get the win with Sam Howell having zero turnovers. Yeah, I thought his first half was tremendous. I think it was arguably his best half of football. I think he may have been a hair better in the Eagles game just because of you know they, they had a better second half and they moved the ball up and down the field. But in terms of evaluating him play in play out, this probably was his second best game of the season. You know, comparable maybe to the Denver effort, I would say. Uh, and, and it's weird to say that I think people will be surprised because they didn't do anything and really after halftime, but. I thought by and large, and specifically in the first half, he was so sharp, so accurate, really decisive, threw to the right receiver with ball placement to allow him to make plays after the catch. No turnover-worthy plays, never hit the, put the ball in harm's way. You know, he's got three games this year where he doesn't have any turnover-worthy plays. That's not just picks, but that's times where it could have or should have been intercepted. They're 3-0 and in those games. I don't think that's a coincidence. So I felt good about him in all the ways that I normally do. The problem is still that he takes sacks. And of the five yesterday, Pro Football Focus basically blamed him for four. I think you could realistically say three were on him at best. May have been four out of the five. Again, he's on pace for 96 sacks, Adam. And this will not work. Him and Daniel Jones are basically on the same pace until Jones didn't play yesterday because he's dealing with a neck injury. Like, that's not a coincidence. You, You can't get hit and sacked that much without having a pretty serious injury at quarterback. So this is why he went in the fifth round. Like, we wondered when we started watching him play with the arm strength and the accuracy and the mobility and all the tools, how is it possible that this guy didn't go in the top 100? Well, now we know. He's got a flaw that is fatal if it's not fixed. And hopefully he and this staff can fix it. And if they can, it looks like he'll be good enough to be a long-term quarterback in this league. And if they can't, he's probably not the guy because – you can't be sacked at this rate and be a franchise QB. But, like, when he's not sacked, all the other stuff is so <laughs> encouraging that it's hard not to be excited. Yeah, no, I totally agree. He's got to work on the sacks. But I'm less worried about him getting hurt 
because he's more of a beefier guy and he ran for almost 900 yards his junior season at UNC. I think he can take the hits. What I'm more worried about is the offensive drives just completely stalling out because of sacks over and over again. Last thing, GP, you've been on this beat for a long time covering this team. Uh, one of my favorite interviews ever was Jamison Crowder at training camp about you know six or seven years ago, and so I just feel so happy for him. How happy were you for Jamison Crowder there? Oh, so cool to see. I mean, it's been seven years since he broke a punt return for a touchdown. Last guy to do it here. And since he left, you know, his last couple seasons were not even as effective as he probably would have liked as he battled injuries here. But that has been a, just a disastrous role. You know, they can't get anything out of punt returners. The last three weeks, he's actually been really good. His last three returns have been for 14, 21, and now 61 yards. So, that was amazing. It was a game-changing moment. I thought it swung the whole momentum at him of the whole game. Set up the offense just outside of the 10-yard line. They scored two days later to take the lead and didn't look back. Very, very happy for him. You know what's crazy and also probably sad is that he, I think as of right now, has been their best offseason acquisition, and they signed him after <laughs> cutdown day, like the week of week one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy, but I'm so happy for him. Uh, you think they could use him at all offensively? He's played a little bit, you know, late in the game when they had to run a bunch of receivers out against the Bears. He caught a couple passes or got a couple targets anyway. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to take reps away. Like, I want to get Don Dotson involved. I want to get Terry McLaurin the football, I think. Uh, Curtis Samuel's been outstanding. You know, Deami Brown, who they drafted in the third round, is in his second season. You know, I'd rather throw the ball to those guys, find a way to get Cole Turner in the mix, than you know, feed the ball to a 30-year-old plus Jamison Crowder. But I think the role right now for him as punt returner is working. Thanks, Grant. I appreciate the time, man. Good stuff. Yeah, you too, buddy. Be good. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are still open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. The Commanders got back to 500 with a 24-16 win over the Falcons. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open. You can be the quarterback of this segment, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Broadcasting live from Cap Ale, and I need to let all the listeners know that Cap Ale owns the late night because from 9 p.m. to close, you can get half-off appetizers. Of course, you know I love my appies like the giant Bavarian pretzel, nachos, Belgian-style fries. Why not get loaded fries, right? Who wants regular fries? Calamari, spinach and shrimp dip, and more. So so you can always join me here at Capital Ale House on Mondays, and it is a victory Monday. And wanted to give a shout-out to a listener who came on by to Capital Ale House, D. Woods. What's up? D, you, you're a radiophile. I'm a radiophile, but you know what? I, I have to say something, right? Okay. Uh, am I too hot right now? Oh, you're uh, fine. I have to say that. I Your am, takes might be too hot. <laughs> <laughs> I am so proud of you. I, 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 don't, I, I think I tell you that all the time, or I, I hope that you know how proud of you I am. So I know Adam back from when he was uh, an intern with the junk. So it's, it's good to see you doing your thing, man. You out here, you have a, you out here at, at uh, the Ale House, and I, I'm so proud to just be a part of it. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming by. And uh, 
Commanders got a win. It, it was an ugly win. Ugly win. But it was a win. So so for people that's listening on the radio right now, Adam and I, we talk like every Sunday or Saturday. And normally I have the hot take. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am, I've got to pour water on you to cool you down. <laughs> I am not a Sam Howell fan. To, uh, to even, that, that is like a that is like a I don't know the best I, I'm not saying how this guy's pointing at me so he threw me off he doesn't love yeah, Sam Howell either I, I, <laughs> I dislike Sam Howell so um, every Saturday and Sunday either before the game or after the game I have to listen to Awad text me about how great <laughs> Sam Howell is and I have to tell him every Sunday how average Sam Howe is. The guy had 161 yards passing yesterday. Yeah. Yes, he had three touchdowns, and so we all feel like, oh, he has three touchdowns. This guy, is he's the, he's the second coming of Christ, right? He's not. He's, he's the, the second cur- coming of Kirk Cousins, maybe. <laughs> he's, that's the thing is you've got to take a, pers- of a perspective of a commander's fan. Sure. We haven't had a quarterback in 20 years. He's, he's, a, he's a jag, Awad. <laughs> He's just a guy. <laughs> He's just a guy. He's a guy that's three and three. And Listen, you know who's not? Who's Desmond Ritter. <laughs> All right. Listen, I'm trying to tell you that um, and while I'm always happy for a win, I love a win, right? Yeah. The Eagles lost yesterday, by the way. I just want to put that put that out there. Giants are going to lose tonight. Oh, no, 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 the Giants, Giants already lost, lost too. Giants lost last night. Cowboys are going to lose tonight. NFC East is going to belong to us. For six days. For, for six, six days, days yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, theoretically. But what I will say is that – I don't put my faith, in, uh, my faith, I should say, in Sam Howell. What I do like and what I can uh, have some faith in is the fact that Terry McLaurin's balling out. Yeah. It, it is something that's to, to, to be that dude. See, he's not a jag. <laughs> he's that dude. Right? Well, then let me ask you this. What is Jahan Dotson? Jahan Dotson? He's a jack. Because <laughs> so, last year we were saying he's a franchise uh, wide receiver. Listen, he's going to get paid all this money. Listen, what I will say is, Jahan Dawson, I love you, my guy. You're fast. You're speedy. You can you go up there and you get the ball when it's thrown your way. But you can't drop easy catches. No. Right? This is not Penn State. We don't all love you. <laughs> Saquon's not coming to your wedding, <laughs> Jahan. Listen, what I want is ball to B-Rob, ball to Terry. That's yeah. what I want. I yeah. love it. Over and over again. I will say it's interesting because I'm a big Eric Bieniemy fan. I sure. like his play calling. Yeah, but you saw he's not the real EB, by the way. Uh, well, There's only yeah. one EB. There's only, but he's the best coach EB. <laughs> all right, and believe me, the other EB can't coach. He can't coach volleyball. He can't coach lacrosse. He just learned lacrosse ten years ago. All right, but Coach Eric Bieniemy, so he can coach people to get open. Sure, and I I like that. Curtis Samuel was not used well last year with Scott Turner. I love Curtis Samuel. He had that touchdown catch. Yes. They can throw to him. They can hand it to him. Yes. They can use him all the different ways. And so to me, it's Terry McLaurin's a star, like you said. Of course. And then the most talented player under him, Eric Bieniemy, has identified as Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. You know what I think uh, when, when Curtis Samuel made a change? Is when he went from a two-digit uh, jersey. <laughs> jersey to a one-digit <laughs> <laughs> and then he just balled out. He said, you know what? And, uh, I, you know, of course, we all talk about Deion Sanders now with Colorado and the things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. But it is a thing to feel good. You play good. And they pay you good. I'm telling you, Curtis Samuel. When he, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to quote Deion on listen, me here. <laughs> when, you get that, when you get that single digit on you and you feel like you actually feel like a dog again. I think that's his thing. He feels like a dog again. He's having fun. He's going out there. He's making moves. They're running him across. They're giving him the handoffs. They're trying to get him to be able to do things that he's able to do because of his speed, right? So give him the ball. Soon as he go, bring him in motion, hand him off the ball. I love those type of things. Yeah. 
So uh, everybody that's listening, uh, Awas looking at me because he doesn't really think that I'm a football guy. He doesn't think that I know the ins and outs. <laughs> well, I just know that every Sunday you message me that Sam Howell's not the guy, and he's I not. have to respond and say, "Well, he's winning us games. He's winning us games." Hey, but you know what? The defense is not. They're a bunch of nobodies. Sir. Oh my goodness! The secondary is is garbage. Somehow they got three interceptions. But so I want to get your take on the linebackers, sure? Because I've been down on. Davis and Cody Barton. Oh, come on. Not, not, you can't be down on Davis after yesterday. I, no, exactly. Okay. But even Cody Barton made plays yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And then Khalid Hudson came in and made plays. But Barton is just a guy. Sorry, Barton, if you're listening, you're just a guy. No, but, but he is just a guy, <laughs> but he was good against the run yesterday. He was great against the run. Here's what I'll say. Is, and I was, I was going to actually bring this up. The one thing I, I want to give Jamin Davis credit for is imagine being a year removed from – People want you off the team, and your, right. your coaches are denigrating you, and they're saying things in the press, and they're they're spilling things to their uh, their outsiders. They didn't put it on ESPN; they put it on NBC Washington. And then this guy, all he does is come in; he just plays, right? And this year, I think he has a chip on his shoulder. He's saying, "You guys have talked about me, uh, you know, for the past year. Uh, I'm better than what you say I am, and I'm going to show you guys that I'm better than what you think I am." I think you're right, but I think you're you're forgetting one thing. What's that? The coaches were definitely throwing him under the bus they last year. They threw him year. under the bus. Come on. He got in his car, and he drove really, really fast, <laughs> and he got pulled over. And I think that switched something in his brain that, hey, my my life in the NFL might not last forever unless okay. I make some changes. Uh, or he just realizes it's something inside himself that he has to play better. Maybe. Well, I mean, I was screaming at my TV when it was him against Bijan on that big oh, third listen, down, though. Bijan, Bijan is a – Come on, that, that, that's a dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I saw people uh, online earlier today talking about, oh, how how average B. John Robinson is. And I go, people don't watch football. No. People don't watch football. But if you watch football, you do know he ran a sloppy slant there. He, 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 wanted, he was going upfield way too yes, much, and that's yeah. why Jamin uh, was able to undercut it. Yeah. I mean, listen, let, let me tell you something. I am okay with where we are right now. 500. Let's Listen, we're going to go uh, and we're going to play the Giants, and we're going to win that game. This is this is not my opinion. This is what's going to happen. It's factual <laughs> right now. We're going to win that game, and then as long as we win that game, we set ourselves up for success. I know, but this schedule gets tough. That's why you've got to – you can't just win now. You've got to win and have some momentum. Sure. All right? The Falcons, that was just an ugly win. Yeah, yeah. Got to beat the Giants, beat the crap out of them, got some real momentum That's because fine. then it's Philly at home. And then it's – oh, you're going to New England. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, yeah. the, let's not skip over. Philly at home. We almost beat them there. We beat them last year there. Yeah. And I don't think we're scared of Philly at all. No, I don't think we are either, but I do know that we can't play the way we played against them last time. We can't. That, that, it was lucky to be in that position. No, there. They, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. We, play, we played a decent game. We didn't play a good enough whoa, game to win. Adam, we dominated that game. We had no business. Then why did we game. lose? Because 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 our they defense got no, terrible. Because well because they got because they, they had, got the they got the downs that mattered. They converted the fourth downs. They converted the third and shorts. They converted at the goal line. Do you know why we lost? We lost because they scored more points than us. We were the better <laughs> team on the field. That's not even a question. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can say that, but AJ Brown had what like 180 oh, yards against us. Listen, Are you kidding Emma- me? Emmanuel Forbes is just a guy. Yeah. He's just a guy. That is the worst first round draft pick in the history. I know. As much as Fred Smoot was hyping him up to everyone, <laughs> hey. Fred Smoot was going around and drinking the Kool Aid before the season started, telling everyone, "Oh, he went to Ole Miss. He's going to be a number one corner." That guy can't cover his cold. I'm trying to tell you, he sneezes and it gets by him. <laughs> 
Well, I, but I told Grant, I do think it was a bad decision to have him play zero snaps yesterday. Yes. You got to put him out you gotta there. You got to put him out there. You, you cannot. So th- that's the thing about. Because Danny Johnson's just a guy, too. He's just a guy. That, so that's the thing about. Uh, and I joke about uh, Emmanuel Forbes. But in all seriousness, right? You. you Gave up a first-round draft pick. You cannot have your first-round draft pick stand on the sideline and be a healthy scratch. That right. is that's unacceptable. Right, and especially when your second-round draft pick is only playing seven plays. Exactly. Your third rounder has disappeared. Your yeah. fourth rounder, I don't even know if he's on the roster. I'm telling you. Um, uh, um, I, I know that you are you you know you're widely known uh, from from Richmond to uh, DC. So if anybody over there at Redskins Park needs like a general manager to come in and try to tell them how to build a, a winning roster. I'm available. They can DM me. They can just send me a DM. I'll be yeah, there. Yeah, where, where can they get in touch with you on social um, media? It, oh, man, look at that. Look at that plug. It's It's Woods. That's I-T-Z-W-O-O-D-Z. Yeah, please DM him and tell him to stick to his day job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to take a break, man. Thanks I for stopping you, by. I love you, man. It's I'm, I'm going to end on that mic drop right there. <laughs> You're listening to AWOD on the fan.